1 Samuel chapter number 17, 1 Samuel chapter number 17. As they're making their way to their class, if you're able, I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading in honor of God's Word this morning, and uh, we're just going to dive in uh, for a few moments today, uh, and let's just see what God has for us this morning. 1 Samuel chapter number 17, we're going to read verse 38 through 40, and then we are going to read verse 45 through 49 together. And the word of the Lord is this, and Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail, and David girded his sword upon his armor, and he assessed to go for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a script. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. Then said David, to Goliath or to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day into the fowls of the air and to the wild beast of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all, and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with a sword and a spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands." And it come to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hastened and ran towards the army to meet him. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your word. I thank you for the men and women of God that's in this room. I thank you for the opportunity to speak your word. And Father, today I pray that for the next few moments that we would have ears to hear and we would have a heart to receive that which you would speak to us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you for honoring the word of the Lord this morning. We have picked up a story right in the middle uh, that you find in 1 Samuel chapter number 17. I believe that most of you are familiar with this story. It's often referenced as David and Goliath. But let me just for the sake go back and bring us to where we are this morning. If the Lord would help me for a few moments, I want to talk to you or preach for a few moments on empty bags and standing giants empty bags and standing giants. If you was to go to the beginning of chapter number 17, you will find that Jesse, who is the father of David, has given him a commission or a charge. And that is, will you please go check on your brethren that is fighting in the army of Israel for King Saul? And you will find that 
Upon his arrival, he finds that on one side of the mountain is the army of Israel. On the other side of the field, on another mountain, is the army of the Philistines. Every day, they was putting their battles in array, meaning this, they was coming to a place of conflict. They was engaging. But every time that would begin to take place, there was one who was called a champion. His name was Goliath. He was a mighty man. He was a powerful man. The Bible identifies him as a man of war from his youth. He had, that's all he had ever known was conflict. He was a monster of a man. He was intimidating. He was powerful. But not only was he a man of great strength, but he was a man that was equipped for battle. He was covered in protective armor. But we also find that he was never alone. Every time he would walk out and begin to beat his chest, so to speak, and bring fear in his enemy, there was a man in front of him that bore a shield. So not only was he protected uh, with what he had on, but there was also someone out front always protecting him. And we find that after this had went on for many days, that we find that David arrives on the scene and he's just delivering cheese this day. He had been out in the field taking care of his father's sheep, but his father had given him a commission. So he left the sheep that he was caring for in the care of a keeper. If you read this passage of scripture and he makes the journey and upon his arrival, he's bringing gifts, not just to his brothers, but to the captain of the host that his brothers served in. But when he arrived, he begins to hear this uncircumcised Philistine began to really just verbally come out and strike fear in the army that was of God's people. And he simply begins to hear, and then the soldiers began to respond, and they began to shriek back in fear. And they go as far as to tell David that for the man that will take care of Goliath, uh, the king has offered this great reward. He will give him a list of items. But David was not concerned about receiving anything from the king, but he was simply saying, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of the Lord? And he simply was saying this, uh, I'm not concerned about what he says he can do, but I just know that there is one that is with us that is greater than that is with him. And as this began to be noised, it got into the ears of King Saul, and we pick up the story where David has just had a conversation with him, and he says, you can't go take care of this man. He has been a warrior from his youth, and you're just a youth. And he simply said, but you don't understand. There was a time when I was in the field taking care of my father's sheep, and there was a lion, and then there was a bear. And he said, I grabbed him by the beard, and I slew him. And therefore, knowing no one else was up for the challenge, we find that David uh, is now in the 
vision of Saul, and Saul begins to take his armor and says, well, if you're going to go, son, let me put all of this on you. It was, it was strong armor. It was the best of the best, but at the same time, it was only natural. And can I tell you today that natural armor never works when you're in a spiritual battle. And we find that when we begin to read this story as we did this morning, you find that David for a moment was was pulled in and he begins to put this stuff on, but he realized, hey, I've never fought like this before. I've, I've never done it this way before, and I'm not going to change what has always worked for me. So we find today that, which brings me, it says that David then goes down uh, and he changes his Direction, And that's what we want to talk about for a little bit this morning. And I believe that there's never been a time in recent history where we need to address the issue of our day. And I will say that one of the greatest issues that we face today in America is not political. It is not something that's international, but it is something within the very walls of our nation, and it is within the walls of the church community. We today are dealing with a vast majority of men and women who have been called by God uh, that are walking and living unprepared lives. Uh, Notice with me the prophet Joel in chapter number three, verse nine and 10. He says this, proclaim ye this among the Gentiles, uh, prepare for war, wake up the mighty men, let all the men of war draw near, let them come up, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. We also find uh, that in Luke chapter 11, verse number 21, it says, when a strong man is armed, uh, he keeps his palace uh, and his goods uh, are in peace. Can I tell you today, there's not a whole lot of peace going on uh, in our world. Uh, And if we'd be honest, there's not a lot of peace in the homes of many women, uh, many men and women that simply say that I am a follower of Christ. Uh, And there has to be a change. And I I began to think on these things, uh, and I began to be drawn back to this very familiar story. So please, uh, let me say this at the very beginning of my time with you this morning. Uh, You can never possess uh, what you're unwilling to pursue. You can sit here and talk to me about, I desire a move of God. I desire an awakening. I desire for this and that. But listen, uh, you will never possess what you say you desire unless you are willing first to pursue it. Uh, May I ask you the question this morning, and maybe this is a little personal, uh, but what is it that you're desiring to possess uh, that you are currently unwilling to pursue? Maybe because it looks bigger than you, Uh, maybe because it sounds uh, like it's impossible, Uh, but I want you to understand with me uh, that we have been given instructions uh, through the Word of God, and Paul says it very elegantly in Ephesians chapter number 6, verses 10, 11, and verse number 13. Uh, He says this, finally, my brethren, be strong in yourself. I don't think that's what it says. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
put on the whole armor of God. Notice he didn't say put on Saul's armor, but he said put on the armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. But verse 13, wherefore take unto you, notice this again, the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day having done all to stand. When a man or a woman refuses to prepare, they fail to experience that which they desire. David, who was following the instructions of his father, found himself in a place where he, too, was unprepared for what he was encountering. Notice with me, just because you're anointed does not mean you're prepared. If you go back to the previous chapter that we read, in chapter number 16, verse number 13, you find in the middle of another story. And it says, Then Samuel, who was the prophet of God, took a horn of oil and anointed him, him being David, in the presence of his brethren. Notice this. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. He was anointed... And the spirit of the Lord was upon him. But David finds himself in the presence of Goliath and he's unprepared. Now stay with me. He was unprepared because notice he had his sling and he had his shepherd's bag. He had his staff, but it did not contain that which was needed to ensure deliverance for Israel. Can I tell you? It is not enough to have a sling. It's not enough to have a shepherd's bag. It's not enough to have a staff. But you've got to possess some things in your life. You say, what does that mean? Let me bring it to modern day terminology for us today. It's not enough to go to church. It's not enough to say you're a Christian. It's not enough to say, well, that's what grandma was or grandpa was. It's not enough. I must share with you the truth concerning this very present time. We are not just dealing with a Goliath, singular, but we are currently dealing with an army of Goliaths. You say, how can you say that today? If you read 1 John chapter number 2, verse number 18, notice it says, little children, it is the last time, and as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many antichrist whereby we know that it is the last time if that isn't enough second john chapter 1 verse number 7 says for many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that jesus christ is come in the flesh this is a deceiver and a antichrist it is not enough for you and i this morning to walk around with our sling and our shepherd's bag but we must be prepared to face the enemy armed and ready to fight this fight of faith that's why we must be willing to occupy till he comes. We talked a little bit about that Wednesday evening, but occupy, a military term, meaning this, you take your place, you hold your ground, you do not give up. You stand because it has been given to your charge. Notice Luke 19, 13, it says, occupy till I come. We know the story. Saul tries to prepare David for the battle by trying to equip him with the armor of men. And today we have those 
same challenges. We have men trying to dress us and develop us to pursue, but their methods have not been proven, and they're not qualified for this fight and this type of battle. Please hear me today. Let me say it one more time. Natural means cannot produce supernatural deliverances. And what we need today is a supernatural release of his power and of his glory. We need God's help. We need him to move on behalf of our nation. We need him to move on behalf of our families. We need him to move on behalf of our world. Can I tell you, you, you were getting a front row seat of what happens when men try to put their armor on people and it isn't working. Can I tell you, we are on the brink of war on a level that we never had. And can I tell you, you may be sitting in a place of comfort today, but in the morning when you wake up, your world could be totally different. Uh, can I tell you two years ago we wasn't talking about uh, well I got to back that up we was talking about it nobody was listening because they thought we was foolish uh, but the thing is we were talking about food shortages we was talking about not being prepared and all of these things and the church has had years of warning uh, but I guarantee you this morning uh, that many men and women of God are sitting with empty cupboards uh, and they're unprepared because they said oh we're just comfortable and everything's good uh, listen I'm thankful for the blessing uh, but I'm going to tell you, just like he used Joseph, uh, there's been some Josephs, and you need to begin to listen, uh, because it's not always going to be this way. It's not always going to be uh, where everything is altogether lovely. Uh, we're going to go through some challenges and uh, some difficulties, uh, but greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Uh, like we said on Wednesday, uh, let not your heart be troubled, but all of these things must be. Uh, but I don't want to get off on a side note this morning, uh, but please hear me. David realized that what he was been presented wasn't the answer. Uh, I've got to tell you this morning, what the world is presenting to you and I, uh, it isn't the answer. Uh, the answer is still one by the name of Jesus. Uh, the answer is still the cross. Uh, the answer is still the impartation of the Holy Ghost uh, and fire. Uh, the answer is still a man of God and a woman of God been sold out completely uh, for the service of God. And that's why we find when David realized that this wasn't going to work, notice what he did in verse 40 of what we read. And he took his staff in his hand and he chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and he put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a script and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. You say, why is this important? Notice with me. Upon taking everything off that Saul had tried to put on him, the first thing that he did is he grabbed his staff. Now, let me take a couple moments and go back to teaching mode, if I may. His staff is symbolic of the Word of God, but it is also symbolic of his testimony. 
You will find that at that time in history, and we have taught this before, but notice with me, a man that would walk with his staff, it was not just a bare piece of wood, but it was simply that had carvings in it. Uh, It was every major event of his life uh, had been carved into that staff, and therefore, when he would have it in front of him in the center, and he would lean up on it in the presence of others, uh, he did not have to talk about everything that God had done for him or what he had experienced and victories in his life, uh, but they was on display. And therefore, it is very possible uh, that in da- at this time, David uh, was leaning on a staff and there was a bear carved in that thing uh, and there was a lion carved in that thing. And they said, well, what is that? That is when God had delivered me. Uh, that's when God had been faithful and probably other, many other encounters uh, was in his hands. Uh, and he was coming back to say, this, uh, the first thing that I need, if I'm going to defeat that which is defying the armies of God, uh, I've got to come back to the word of God uh, and I've got to have my testimony. Uh, I believe somewhere in the Bible it is said in this manner, uh, we are overcomers uh, by the blood of the lamb and by what? Uh, by our testimony. Uh, can I tell you, you may feel like you're defeated this morning, uh, but I got to tell you today uh, that you're still here, you're still standing, uh, so the enemy hasn't taken your testimony. Uh, you're just going to have to make the decision uh, to once again, by faith, grab a hold of your staff and say, I don't need Saul's armor, uh, but this is where it begins for me. Uh, and David, as he grabbed that, notice then, uh, he walks back to the brook. Uh, can I tell you, the brook is always symbolic uh, of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and we find that when he goes down to the brook, he goes down to the water. Uh, he, <coughs> excuse me. He didn't just stand there, uh, but he knelt down and he put his hands in it. Can I tell you, uh, it's not enough to come to the house of God and watch the Holy Spirit move and flow through somebody else, uh, but you're going to have to get it for yourself in this hour and this season, and the only way you experience is if you just get in it, Uh, and we find that David comes down, he's got his testimony, uh, he's got the word of God, uh, and he's holding on to it. And as he's holding on and he's kneeling down, he's reaching into the Holy Spirit uh, and he finds the rock. Can I tell you, uh, upon this rock I will build my church uh, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Uh, I need you to understand this morning uh, that when he got down to the brook uh, and he drew near to the Holy Spirit, uh, he reached down and he got five smooth stones. Uh, he, there was only one giant, but he got five, uh, five is representation of grace. Can I tell you the grace of God? Uh, it isn't just occasionally, uh, but it is continually. Uh, so we find that a young man uh, that had come to deliver cheese uh, has simply showed up uh, with a staff and a bag, uh, but he didn't have everything that he needed. He was unprepared. Uh, but we find that in the midst of the transition that was taking place, uh, he comes down uh, and he's at the brook. He gets his stones. Uh, then he gets this. Uh, 
he goes after Goliath. Uh, he goes and he stands. Uh, then he begins to fight the battle. Uh, and we know this end of the story. Uh, he gets to a place of victory. Uh, but I want to focus. I'm not going to focus on the story. Uh, but I want to focus on what happens after the story. Uh, get this. Uh, after Goliath fell, uh, David was standing differently uh, than upon his arrival. Uh, for there uh, was still four stones in a shepherd's bag. Uh, and that means this. Uh, he was getting ready to exit this battle uh, much differently than when he arrived. Uh, because when he arrived, uh, he was anointed. Uh, he was appointed. Uh, but he was unprepared. Uh, but after the battle uh, of that day, uh, when he walked away, uh, he still had his staff. Uh, he still had his shepherd's bag. Uh, but it was no longer empty. Uh, there was still four stones uh, in the script of that thing uh, and therefore it was a mandate of his life. Uh, I will never be unprepared again. Uh, I gotta tell somebody this morning, uh, it's not enough uh, just to go through the motions. <clears throat> but it is an hour and a season where we must prepare for battle. I believe it's symbolic of the fact that David had entered into a different season of his life and it now required him to walk worthy of his calling. You and I today, we can talk about how anointed we are. We can talk about how appointed we are. None of that really matters if we are unprepared. I ask you the question, this morning, I'll steal a line from Capital One. Instead of asking what's in your wallet, I'm going to ask you what's in your bag. Please hear me. It's not enough to look the part if you can't defend. You and I today need to understand that there is a world out there that's been overran and intimidated by a Goliath spirit where men and women are shrieking back in fear. You say, is it really that way, preacher? Please hear me. When you're in a society where four and five and six and seven-year-old kids don't want to live there is a problem. When you find that teenagers don't want to live, there's a problem. When they say, I don't know if I have a purpose, I don't know if I've even got any value, please hear me. Uh, we are in a place where we no longer can walk around with empty bags because can I tell you, the church has been really good at religion uh, and I love the church and I'm not gonna beat up the church and I'm thankful for the church, uh, but the church has lost its way. Uh, we have become nothing more than Pharisees and Sadducees. Uh, we're more in love with our tradition uh, and the traditions of men than we are with the book uh, that gives us instructions and guidance. Uh, we no longer want to embrace the Holy Spirit because then that means we're out of control. Uh, can I tell you today, uh, we've gotten very good at being religious. Uh, and what happens is this, uh, we walking around with a sling, yes. We're walking around with a shepherd's bag, yes. Uh, but there's nothing in it. Uh, and therefore, there's still a Goliath out there 
there with a booming voice that says, uh, it's always going to be this way. It's always, but listen, uh, can I tell you, uh, I don't need somebody to be super spiritual. Uh, I don't need somebody to be a theologian. Uh, I don't need somebody to be the best preacher or the best singer. Uh, I just need somebody that's willing to go back to the brook uh, and pick up five smooth stones uh, and simply say this, uh, no longer will we be unprepared, uh, but we're going to walk in a manner because if we come in contact with a Goliath, uh, we are not going to allow him to continue to drive back a generation, uh, but we're going to reach in the script of our bag uh, and we're going to put that rock in our sling uh, and we're not going to run away, but we're going to run towards him uh, and we are going to watch God get glory and honor over the enemy. Uh, Can I tell you, uh, it's a deadly thing to be unprepared. This morning, how prepared are we? You say, is it really that important? Can I show you the cost of being unprepared in the following passage of scripture? It's a story, another story that's probably familiar for many of you in this room. And I could tell you the story, but I think sometimes it's important to slow down and read the story. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn to Matthew chapter 25 with me. And I'm going to read to you the first 13 verses of this precious book. Matthew chapter 25. And I'm going to bring this to a close very quickly this morning. Beginning in verse number one, it says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil. For our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go you rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Notice Afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man comes. You say, how can you tie these passages together? Notice with me verse 3. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. They were not prepared. Can I tell you, all ten were virgins. If I could take the liberty to translate this into our story this morning, I could tell you this. All ten of them had a staff. All ten of them had a shepherd's bag. But only five of them had stones. They all desired, but they was unwilling to pursue. 
They all desire to be in the presence of the groom. But they thought they could just take a lamp. We don't really need any oil. But can I tell you, David would have never picked up those five smooth stones if first he hadn't went through the oil. Because can I tell you, the water and oil always represents the Holy Spirit in Scripture. So until we're willing to be immersed in that which God has given us, we're never going to be positioned to walk in the victory that God has called us to. Notice this. Their decisions to not prepare cost them greatly. You and I can continue to have religious activities, but it's going to cost us greatly. How do you say that, preacher? Notice with me. That which we do moderately, our children will not do at all. We are one generation away from losing the very thing that has held this nation in a place that it's been. All the days of Joshua, all the days of the priest of Joshua, they served the Lord. But then after that generation arose a generation that did not know the things of God. There's a generation been birthed right now that doesn't know who God is nor the things that he's done. My father has been faithful to this thing for 70 years. But he has grandchildren that doesn't know John 3.16. He has great-grandchildren that's never walked into a church building. Think about it. That which they desired, they failed to experience because of the simple fact they was just unwilling to take responsibility. There is no victory. There is no deliverance. And there is no celebration unless there is first preparation. Please hear me. I pray this is the day that we decide to leave all of the excuses and all of the distractions and become the giant slayers that we're called to be. I believe this was a turning point in David's life where he never walked in the manner that he did when he walked to deliver cheese that day. Because I can tell you this, when you look at the end of his life, as they come to the music this morning, I told you I was going to wrap it up this morning. There's a passage of scripture that spoke volumes to me. In 1 Chronicles chapter number 22, shortly after David had had a conversation with the Lord, and he had said this, Lord, I desire to build a place for you. The Lord said, I can appreciate that, David. I'm paraphrasing. But you have shed too much blood. I can't allow you to build me a house because there's too much blood on your hands. There's too much war. But I hear your heart and I know what you're desiring. So I'm going to let there be a time of peace and I'm going to allow your son Solomon 
to build that thing which you desire. David could have said, okay, I'm good with that. But I can't help but think that there was something that happened in his mind after that conversation. I believe he went traveling back in time to a battlefield where he saw the army of Israel on this side and the army of Philistines on this side. And I believe he might have even saw Goliath again. And I believe he might have caught a glimpse of that thing that was on his shoulder and he realized there was nothing in it. And he understood what it was like to find himself in a place where you're unprepared. And he said this, okay, God, I can deal with the fact that you're not going to let me build it. But if you'll let my seed build it, I'm going to do something that they don't find themselves in the condition that I was. And when you begin to read 1 Chronicles chapter number 22, you will find that he was making sure that Solomon didn't come on the scene with an empty bag because he didn't want there to be giants in the land. But when you start reading through those first few verses, it says this, that he took and he stored up iron and he stored up brass that could not be numbered and he had cedar trees brought and he had other trees brought in abundance and verse 5 this is what David said he said I will therefore now the key phrase is now he said I will therefore now make preparation for it talking about the house of the Lord so David prepared abundantly before his death he didn't just prepare, but he prepared abundantly. You have to forgive me this morning, but how abundantly are we preparing for this generation? We're not careful. We're so consumed that what we're doing is equivalent to this. God just dropped this in my spirit. I'll just obey, Lord, okay. We're just taking all of this and we're just wasting it right now. We're taking all of our resources, all of our stuff. Don't let Debbie have them. And we're just emptying it all. We're going to be at the end of our life in a very short time. And all we're leaving is an empty bag. I want to ask you a question. How's Brother Garrett? I'll call you brother so I don't offend you again. Sister Greta. How can Brother Garrett fight his Goliath 
with an empty bag. How can Sister Maddie fight her giant with an empty bag? Hear this preacher this morning. As long as these are empty, there's a Goliath. But when this was filled, Goliath was destroyed. And David said, I'm not just going to prepare, but I'm going to abundantly prepare. This morning, how do I abundantly prepare? I don't pray occasionally. I pray continually. I don't fast occasionally. I live a lifestyle of fasting. I don't praise when I feel like it, but I praise at all times. My mind doesn't just visit him, but my mind is stayed on him. I don't celebrate when I'm on the mountain, but I also celebrate when I'm in the valley. Because I can't afford to have an empty bag. Can I tell you, when there was sling in motion with a smooth stone in it, it got the attention of the world at that moment. And the fear of God penetrated the heart of man. And the children of Israel experienced victory. Here's what I want to leave you with this morning. We're one stone away from revival. We're one stone away from the miraculous. We're one stone away from the supernatural. I know that thing in front of you might be big and loud and obnoxious and might even be intimidating. But can I tell you, when David moved by the unction of the Spirit of God, the impossible become possible. This morning, do you believe? Do you believe in the one that's been faithful all these years? We don't need to look and try to find something to add to it. We just need to come back and grab a hold of it. Because it's still more than enough this morning. As we stand all over the house today. Empty bags. Standing giants. Maybe you're here today. You're overwhelmed. Maybe you're discouraged. Maybe it's been a week for you. Maybe the enemy stood like Goliath did on that day and has done nothing but intimidate you and tell you you're never going to make it. But I got good news today to the one that's willing to go back to the brook. 
there's still a stone. And that stone is still more than able to do what needs to be done on your behalf. It's better than any Capital One card or American Express. It's better than anything the Federal Reserve or anybody else can mint. But you and I have been given an opportunity to make preparation to drive back a force of darkness that's penetrating our world today. Nobody can do it for you. You just have to become one that's willing to say, yes, Lord. When nobody else was going, a shepherd boy, get this, there was men of war, mighty men of war on both sides of the battlefield. But even the mightiest man was shrieking back in fear. Not to be political this morning, but we see some of the most powerful men in governments in many nations, powerful nations, shrieking back in fear because of an antichrist spirit of Goliath that's right now gripping our world. They're afraid. They're responding out of fear and uncertainty and it makes it for a very dangerous time. And they will not say this, but here's what they're looking for. I think it's very strange, very ironic that over the last three and a half, four weeks, all you hear, you hear David and Goliath. This is a David and Goliath. And then you start hearing things that we've preached about in the church for many years talking about people saying, I want to be the leader of a new world order and all of these things. Listen, we're in a day of last day prophecy. This thing's winding up and it's an exciting time to be part of the church. But it's also a time where there's great movement and great uncertainty. But can I tell you, we got to make sure that the right people is the ones that emerge from the battlefield and go out and face this Goliath spirit right now. Because if the wrong people go, it will be great devastation. But if we can get a man of God, if we can get a woman of God that'll go back to the brook and say, I see what you have, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. Listen, I, I'm, not, I'm not waving a white flag yet, but I'm going to stand and be counted for the kingdom. And I'm here to tell you, our greatest days are ahead. We just need somebody to go back to the brook. And we need somebody. We need somebody to get some stones and put in their script. You say, what's your script? It's just a little leather strap that's on the shepherd's back where he can grab that stone while he's running and sling it to the next giant. I said everything this morning to tell you this, is I believe there's some giant slayers in here, but it's not enough for you to walk around with your gifts, because that's what the picture of the shepherd's bag is, the gifts of the spirit. It's not enough for you to walk around with your gifting. 
but you got to walk around prepared to operate in your gift. And that's why this has to come back to your life. This place called the altar. It should not be a place that we're visiting as men and women of faith today, but this is the place we should be living because we need him now. So I'm just going to do this this morning as they begin to minister in song. If this simple message has spoken to your heart today in any way, shape, or form, I'm going to ask you to join me in the front of this building for a season of prayer. And maybe your prayer's this, God. Help me get stones in my bag. Or maybe it's God, give me direction and guidance and wisdom on how to use those stones. Won't you come right now? Everybody, it's Pastor Jay here. I just want to thank you for watching. I hope that this message challenged and changed your life with the power of the Holy Ghost. We ask that you continue following us and watching us weekly. And if you want to follow us on any social media platform, you'll find the link to all those platforms in the description below. We love you. So does God. Have a great day.